The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. Uh, my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, will not be with us today. She's off today. Um, but between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And today, we have Jan Newcomb, who is a uh, leadership development coach and um, works with all kinds of different groups as far as business leadership, strategy, organizational effectiveness, and career transitions. She is an executive coach. She's based in Orange County. California, and our practice emphasizes leadership development and career transitions, utilizing a customized approach that highlights each person's unique talent and thinking style. So we have a, uh, she has a specific tool that we're going to look at later today uh, in our conversation to get more specific that I took, and we can get some feedback about how does she work with this specific brain uh, assessment tool. And Jan has over 25 years' experience in large corporations, and she has served on boards of a number of professional um, and uh, private and nonprofit organizations. She's currently the small business owner. Her business <clears throat> experience, is, and she has degrees in sociology and law, and certificates in mediation, coaching, diversity, and HR development. So quite a, a wealth of uh, experience and that have prepared her to be a versatile and trusted advisor. And we'll talk uh, a little bit more about her bio and then bring her on shortly. And, you know, between Kathy and I, we always want to try to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and provide what we call evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And the reason is we know that leaders are the heartbeat of the organization. Most leaders, though, underestimate just how much influence they have over others, and thus they and their teams underperform. Doing just a few things differently can drastically improve your performance in your organization. So that's what we're, we're focusing on. Are there a few things, as, as we talk with Jan Newcomb here, that you can say, oh, here's something I could do or I could bring to my people. So what we learn on these shows, for our listeners, you know we have a variety of, of topics and focus on each show. One is uh, how to develop more leaders in your organization, what happy companies know about performance, emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies, brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance. We like to talk about generation and gender differences, work-life balance practices, some strategies on how to manage your boss, self-management tools to be at your best, plus many other tools and tips. And... Before we bring on Jan, let me just tell you a little bit about some of the uh, evidence-based 
uh, information that we do know about leadership. So in leadership development news here, we talk about leaders, and one of the reasons is that we know leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. And so that's a lot of influence over a lot of other people. And so the leaders, we like to say, are the emotional thermostat for the team because emotions are contagious, and they are the person in the team that's probably the most contagious. So how they are, how they feel, the team um, usually reciprocates. And one of the keys to being a star performer ideally is someone performing in the top 10%. And one of the characteristics is someone high in emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence, when compared to IQ and compared to technical expertise, is typically one of the key factors that allows someone to move further up the corporate ladder. And one of the goals is to get you or any of the people that you work with into the top 10%. So why the top 10%? Well, a lot of research shows that if you can get someone from that solid B into a solid A into the top 10%, they produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th through the 89th percentile. <clears throat> and uh, myself, uh, I'm a coach. Jan, we have on the line here, is a coach. Uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg is a coach. And it's interesting when you think about productivity. If you have training, which most organizations have, um, it can help productivity about 22%. But if you add coaching along with training, so some follow-up coaching, let them individualize the learning, you can get about an 88% bump in productivity versus that 22%. And again, one of the key things we want to focus on is there are a few things in this conversation today uh, with Jan Newcomb that you can get uh, that we'd call a micro-initiative, something that can make a macro impact for you and for your team. So just some information. If you want more uh, information about Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership.com. She has a series of happiness books and also some information about her tools, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching services. If you're interested in me, Dr. Rowley Nadler, my website is www.truenorthleadership for emotional intelligence tools. There's some free assessments, books, speaking keynote notes, uh, leadership and coaching boot camps. So let me tell you a little bit more about uh, Jan Newcomb, consultant and executive coach here. I mentioned she has 25 years experience in a variety of different uh, corporations. Her business experience uh, includes degrees in sociology and law, certificates in mediation, coaching, diversity, HR development, and she is a trusted advisor to many folks uh, and organizations. She also has uh, a JD, Juris Doctor, from Western State University Fullerton, so a nice combination between uh, organizational management from the University of Phoenix and a JD. And she's a certified career transition coach. She's also a certified parenting parenting coach, graduate of the Hudson Institute, a uh, coaching uh, school here in uh, Santa Barbara. And so I think, Jen, that's a good welcome there. So welcome to the the call. Thank you so much, really. Pleasure to be here. So we're glad to have you here and um, want to kind of pick your brain about how you work with uh, folks and some of the tools and things you use. But typically, we love to better start off with who have been some of the most influential people, thinkers in your life that may have shaped your thinking about your work and about being a uh, leadership coach. 
Okay. Well, that that could be quite a long conversation, <laughs> given that I have 25 years' experience in the corporate world. Um, but I think I'd like to focus on the primary people that really relate to some of my views about leadership. And I would say probably the one that stands out the most in my mind today is Warren Bennis at USC. Mm. That's um, great. And I noticed, uh, here's the thing that I like about him. he He's clearly one of the... Uh, wise elders in the village, I guess I would call him. Yeah. Um, and what I like about him is his, uh, his underlying value system never seems to change, but he always seems to be very current with what's happening in the world. Uh-huh. And I noticed that he spoke at the Neural Leadership Institute, and of course neuroscience is quite a cutting-edge right. topic these days. But he was speaking about respect, uh, which is a very old, very enduring concept that um, never changes. So he's a nice combination of wisdom and current information. Let me just just add, because I don't know if you're going to mention someone else. Um, I was at the Neural Leadership Conference, and I met Warren. Ah. He was sitting in the back of the room. I guess he's in his 80s or so. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I got a chance to go up and meet him. And, and, you know, as other people have said about him, he's a very good listener, and he's very interested in others. So he's the kind of person, you know, as as kind of famous as he is, that says, oh, now, what's your name, and and who are you? And and Mm -hmm. I had asked a question in the session. He said, oh, that was a really good question. And then I did ask him about what's he working on. And I guess you had mentioned respect. He is working on a book uh, on respect. I don't know if he's doing it on his own, but I think he's kind of seeing it as something that just needs to be promoted back in the organizational world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. The other, um, the other big name that sticks out in my mind when I think about leadership is uh, Peter Drucker. Mm-hmm. And um, I had the pleasure of meeting him before he died. I mean, what a delightful man. He had such a playful sense of humor. Um, but I, for me, he stands for the importance of studying organizations, which is really a more intellectual approach, but he never lost sight of the practical application of management and leadership theory, mm-hmm. and he also understood that human motivations can derail the best theoretical plan. So he's he's a great example of good balance in terms of looking at the subject right. of leadership. And I only know this from uh, Marshall Goldsmith, who we interviewed. And Marshall Goldsmith's uh, "What Got You Here Won't Get You There." Mm-hmm. One of the impetuses was from Peter Drucker, and Peter Drucker said, "You know, it's not only what you need to do. Often managers need to know what they need to stop doing." Oh, for sure. Just kind of like you're saying about the kind of the, if there's derailers and things. You can definitely overuse his strength. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, good. Well, tell us a little bit about the, you know have, the kind of work you do. I have a couple of other days. ones, if if that's okay. Say it again. I said I have a couple of other people that oh, I can okay, mention. Okay. Sure. We have time. Sure. Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> two people from the Bible that I think are really fascinating. One of them is David from David and Goliath. Mm-hmm. And I think that story illustrates how important having a good strategy can be. Mm-hmm. It also uh, definitely, I would say, talks about the importance of persistence and conviction. 
Um, but it also, probably the biggest lesson which relates to the uh, assessment instrument we're going to talk about later, is the idea of just being yourself and using the talents that you have can be very uh, effective. So that's one. And then the other one was, uh, was Esther in the Bible. And I think she was, in some ways, um, kind of a good example of someone who might be a bit like a coach because she was uh, patient. Mm-hmm. She also understood that everyone has a contribution to make, and she realized that timing was incredibly important, and she gave the king very objective feedback, which as coaches we have to do. Well, okay. So I would say those are the ones that That's good. Well, I'm, fi- I'm, fi- I'm familiar with David's story, and I could definitely see the things you're saying about strategies and, mm-hmm. and dealing with your strengths, which we'll talk about. That's great. So... Uh, tell us a little bit about what kind of clients you work with, and I know you're, like I said, you're at a faculty on the Hudson Institute. So give us kind of an overview. Um, actually, probably if I was to boil them down, I probably would say there are three kinds of clients that I work with most frequently. Uh, one would be what I call emerging leaders, mm-hmm. and these are the young, bright, well-educated, but not yet well-seasoned with life experience, people that are moving into management slots. Right. <laughs> and uh, I work with them um, in a process that probably would be, I would say, uh, similar to a lot of corporate onboarding kinds of assignments, where I work one-on-one in an educational process to help them understand their strengths and to shift from the individual contributor role to the one of motivating others. So okay. that's the first one. And then, and, then, um, and then, Jen, before we get to the second and third, just we're going to need to cut away from a break, but then we'll come back and hear okay. the, the uh, second and third groups that you work with. Okay. And you're listening to Leadership Development News. We're talking with uh, Jen Newcomb on the phone, and we're going to hear a little bit more about um, some of the surveys she uses, and, and she's also an author and some of the things that she's written. And we'll be right back. This is Leadership Development News. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. 
Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Jan Newcomb here. And, uh, Jim, just before the break, you were saying the three different types of leaders. One, the emerging leaders that you work with. And then mm-hmm. what are the other type of uh, groups? That well, you I would say the, the second category is what I call seasoned leaders who need fine-tuning. Mm-hmm. And very often how I work with them is to shadow them and observe their interactions, especially with their team, and then provide them ad- objective feedback um, based on what I see that they're doing well and that mm-hmm. they could do better. Um, what very often happens is that subordinates really are reluctant to give their boss feedback, right. especially if it's negative. Um, and so there's a bit of a fear-based situation there. And then peers, especially if it's a very competitive uh, situation, which certainly the job market is these days, they're unlikely to be helpful as well. So um, I am really just working with them, helping them become more effective leaders. And then the third category is what I call leaders becoming mentors. And I have a very strong bias in terms of believing that the baby boomers really have a responsibility to mentor the next generation of emerging leaders. And so I am working on uh, convincing them that that should be their role and helping them step into it. Okay. Well, that's great. And so now you deal with these... um folks typically through your own consulting firm? Yes. Okay. Well, so let's talk a little bit about how I came across you. We have a couple colleagues in uh, common. Uh, One is uh, Diani Klein, Mm -hmm. and then also um, just your book, uh, Adapt. And so you have a, uh, looks like a couple chapters uh, in there. So I'm going to ask you a few questions about that, and then we'll get into this instrument that you use, the BTSA. Mm Mm-hmm. So in uh, in the book Adapt, How to Survive and Thrive in the Changing World, 
you say there are two fundamental types of leadership requirements, and I, so then you separate qualities and competencies. And so maybe just for our listeners, you can say, well, how do you see the difference of those two? Okay. Um, I believe that quali- leadership qualities are there are the kinds of things that are useful in any kind of leadership role, and they're probably more um, more value based, more enduring, and probably more about who you are, uh, sort of the being of you. Okay. And um, I think those things, um, for instance, uh, an example would be honesty, integrity, humility, things like that. Um, quality or quantity, I'm sorry, <laughs> competencies are more situational and more skill-based. So they really have more to do with the doing side of leadership. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see those kinds of things as related to the competencies and strengths that we deal with in the BTSA. Okay. So we can talk more about that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the qualities are more kind of the, uh, maybe the uh, the traits that someone has and, uh, you know, inborn, and, and then the competencies seem like the situational skills, like you're saying, things people can learn more and get better at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. The, uh, I mean, I do believe that we have inborn strengths, but you can also develop competencies really right. in any area, depending on how much time you want to spend. Okay. Oh, that's good. Well, so another thing that you talk about in in the book Adapt is that there's a shift that a leader has to make when they go from an individual performer to a leader of, of dealing with others. And I know we may have listeners on the phone who may be a great individual performer, and mm-hmm. then, they, then they get the big opportunity and they get to lead others, when often they may not have the same training that they had for their individual skill that they need to lead others. Right. So maybe you could speak to that. Right. Um, I think the real mental shift is from, like you say, from being an individual performer to moving to a totally different task and mindset that has to do with motivating others to achieve goals. So there's less doing on the part of the leader and a lot more communicating, motivating, facilitating. Um, So obviously the the softer skills come into play much more in this situation. And I think the thing that makes it easier – for an individual performer to make this shift is if they have been in any role where they have dealt directly with the customer, Hmm. if they just think about their employees as their new customer, that makes it a little easier to transfer those skills. That's great. That's a great observation. And I think often leaders don't realize that, um, you know, and that can become a key shift. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of uh, of a doctor that I work with actually was kind of like a brain surgeon and wasn't good with the nurses and the coordinators and all that, but was mm-hmm. exceptional with patients. And and the observation that you're making, Jan, to him was an aha. To me, it seemed kind of obvious. You know, <laughs> could he use those same skills in patient right. care, staying late, being dedicated to do it with his employees sure. or his coworkers, mm-hmm. the same skills, but he just didn't uh, implement them like right. as well. Right. Okay, great. Uh, so what have you found that, and again, these are some of the general questions, um, and then before we get into this tool of yours, what have you found have been maybe some of the best characteristics, you know, that makes good leaders? 
Well, if we look at what's going on in the world now, and I'll, I'll limit it to that, because I think one of the things I think you have to think about is you really have to look at what is the leadership role and what is the current situation, because different situations and different roles really require different skills and, or different focus. So right now, I would say that <clears throat> the best leaders are going to be probably going to be extroverted because we're going through a time of a lot of change. Mm -hmm. The more change there is, the more communication is necessary in order to keep everybody together. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you also have to be a creative risk taker during this time, and you have to be willing to, um, to use your imagination and to read, be willing to look at what is going on and make decisions, even if you don't have all the data yet. You need to be able to read the tea leaves and see the trends emerging. And so what I'm describing is probably someone like you who is an extroverted frontal right. Mm-hmm. And so um, so what does that mean to the listeners? Like what, is that, what does the frontal right mean? Well, the frontal right is someone who is able to see the emerging trends usually far earlier than any other of the uh, different thinking styles. Mm. And they're creative, they're imaginative, they're, um, they're, the, they're good integrators because they, they move back and forth between their left and right brain uh-huh. so they can relate to both kinds of people. And um, they're, um, they're imaginative, they're usually passionate if they're extroverted, and um, they're very good at inspiring and motivating people. Okay. Um, and so we'll, let's talk a little bit about this assessment that you use, and uh, I know it was from uh, you know my conversation with with Diani. She was very much taken with the BTSA. I hadn't really heard about it, so maybe before we get into exactly my profile and others, what what is this? Uh, it's the Benziger Thinking Style Assessment. Maybe you can give us a little bit of a the history about that. Okay. And, and then, of all the different uh, tools, how come you selected that? Because I know, like myself, I'm certified in different things. Right. What, what was it that attracted you about that? Well, um, it's interesting. I was um, I was working in training and development, and uh, the first assignment I had uh, was my boss said, you know, there's kind of what you just said. There's so many tools out there. Why don't you go out and try them all and tell me which one we should be using? Oh, okay. So that's what I did. And I came back, and I said, you know, I found this one tool that I think is really, really interesting. And the two things that I think are especially good about it is it's a very versatile tool. So you don't have to have ten different tools, you know, one for ta- telling you about your leadership style and one for telling you about your conflict style and, you know, all these different things. Hmm. You can look at this result and translate your profile into how that will show up in a conflict situation, how that will show up in a leadership situation. Um, so it's very versatile in that regard. And the other very important piece, which um, was of great value to me when I was doing a lot of career development work in the corporation, is that it will show you your natural thinking style, and then it will also show you your developed competencies and give you a reading on how aligned those two things are. Hmm. So are you living true to type, as we say, or are you falsifying type, 
hmm. which is um, something that Dr. Young talked about a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I find that extremely valuable when you're doing career development work with someone. It's normally because they're feeling a bit, you know, I'm doing well, I'm making a lot of money, but something doesn't feel quite right, and they're really searching for some answers. And I would say probably over 90% of the people that I profiled when I was still in a large corporate environment were all that came for career development um, counseling (laughs) were all falsifying type, and that's why they were confused. And so falsifying type... Um, you said Carl Jung came up with that. What is, what is what does that mean? Does that mean not using their strength? And well, are they are what they purposely? They do is they develop competencies in areas that are not their natural strength. Okay. So there's nothing wrong with that. But when you do it to the point where you are leading with a thinking style that isn't your natural style, it becomes uh, puts a lot of stress on your physiology and as you get older it definitely wears you down and mm-hmm. uh, we believe can create disease okay well that's yeah that can be very serious I'm thinking of a of a person that I work with who was uh, very clearly introverted and kind of like you said in today's world we need more mm-hmm. extroverted and one of the one of the things was uh, once I was there and said well, why don't you show me around we were walking through the halls and, and to the uh, area that he worked, and he wasn't saying anything the, the whole time. And I was mm-hmm. striking up a conversation with him. Um, but what was interesting, later I, I asked him, I said, well, is that how you normally would be, walking down the halls with an employee or somebody else? And and he said, yeah. And he just, you know. <laughs> what's wrong with that, right? Yeah, what's wrong with that? Works for just, me. <laughs> wasn't saying anything. Yeah. Even when we walked into his department, he he walked in and and didn't say anything to any of the employees. I mean, they all looked at him, looked at me as a stranger, and it was just interesting. And I'm saying this in regards to the falsification. Uh, well, maybe he wasn't using it enough that he wasn't. He just wasn't talking enough to others. So they. Well, he was being his natural self. He was being his natural in that self. Okay. Situation really didn't work well. So he should have. Fa- so the falsification meant he should have kind of compelled himself to be a little bit more extroverted. <clears throat> Um, right, but you don't want to overdo it. If, yeah. if somebody is highly introverted, they need to honor that, and they need to carefully choose the times when they will operate in a more extroverted manner because that does put stress on their physiology yeah. as well. Okay. And I, w- I would agree with you, and I say this to the folks I work with, if you're introverted, that's that's fine. That's, you know, that's a strength of yours. You may There's times that you may have to work a little harder Right to say what you need to say because otherwise people are all, they're already misreading you or they're sure. already you know interpreting things that aren't true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get back to this in a minute. We got to take another uh, another break and then maybe we can get into uh, uh, more about the uh, Benziger thinking style assessment. And uh, I took it, so uh, I'll be glad to kind of share the results and for you to share what that means. Okay. So this is leadership development news. Uh, we're talking with Jan Newcomb. We're going to get into um, this brain assessment uh, that she uses and how does that help as far as leaders and, and coaching. And we'll be right back.
whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Jen Newcomb. She uses this very interesting uh, tool, the Benziger Thinking Style uh, Assessment, the BTSA. And then, May Jen, you can you know tell us a little bit more about maybe how this evolved and, and then just some of the some of this, the uh, strengths because it looks like it's all about where you are in in your brain, right? And uh, how your brain processes information. Okay. Right. Well. What happened with this, Carl Jung really is the, uh, I think, the, probably the most well-known person that came up with some of these theories. 
And as I understand it, uh, Dr. Benzinger, I believe her mother um, worked with Young or someone that worked with Young. I'm not sure the exact relationship there. But the bottom line is Dr. Bensinger was always, she believed in what Dr. Young said, but she also realized that people in the business community and other places were looking for hard data to prove what people say is true. Mm -hmm. So she set out, uh, and I can't really tell you all the details of what she did, but she basically did a lot of investigation and related a lot of the uh, current neurophysiology information regarding the brain. And she's come up with a way to measure uh, through her questionnaire how your brain actually processes information. And it is, um, in explaining the four different thinking styles, it is related to Jung. Uh So the, the frontal right, which is what you and I both are, um, that corresponds to Jung's intuition function, and mm-hmm. those people excel at pattern analysis and inventing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're extroverted, you're likely to be an entrepreneur or a marketing person or something you know that is obviously more talkative, whereas if you're an introverted frontal right, you would be someone like Dr. Bensinger, who is a scientist and mm-hmm. um, who does a lot of her pattern analysis internally. Mm-hmm. Now, a frontal left um, is this is the person that you see an awful lot of uh, frontal lefts that are living true to type are attorneys, they are uh, doctors, many doctors are frontal lefts, many operational managers are frontal lefts. Uh, military leaders very often are frontal lefts. They are they excel at logical analysis and decision making. They're very task oriented, very very black and white fact oriented, and their emotional um, connection is is not apparent. So in other words, hmm. they would not be the people that would be considered to be strong in terms of the um, emotional intelligence. And so, doesn't mean they're not emotional. They just don't express the same way as the more right brain people. And and would they use the Myers Briggs term? They'd be obviously more thinking than feeling. Yes. Sounds like. Yes. Does it also correspond with kind of the uh, the S yes and the N? Because you were talking about the pre, uh, frontal right. Sounds yes, like it's... Yes. Let me um, let me finish the two other thinking styles, and then I'll talk a bit about the Myers Briggs. Oh, good. good. Um, the basal right is the um, feeling function that uh, com- corresponds with Jung's feeling function, and they excel at harmonizing, connecting, uh, building rapport, empathetic listening, mm-hmm. establishing trust, and so forth. Um, the basal left corresponds with Jung's sensing function uh-huh. and excels at sequencing and performing routines. So if you, you, know, if you want somebody to, uh, for instance, do your taxes, balance your checkbook, <laughs> make sure somebody follows the rules, right. uh, you don't want to talk to one of us. You want to talk to a basal left. Okay. Now, with the Myers-Briggs, I think what I would say about the Myers-Briggs is in my experience, if someone, and this is probably true of all assessments, if someone is living true to type, uh-huh. you are going to get a pretty accurate answer from almost any assessment. Where the problem is, is that if someone is falsifying type and they have developed, say they're a totally right-brained individual, 
but they've developed left brain competencies in order to succeed in a left brain corporate environment, mm-hmm. you're going to get an answer, but it may not be, it'll be accurate to the extent that, yes, this is the way I'm using my brain today, but it's not accurate in that it is not a natural alignment. For them. It's not a natural alignment for them. And so, a good example, I would say I've taken the Myers-Briggs four times. Uh-huh. First time I was an ENTJ. Second time I was an ENTP. Third time I was an ENFP. Fourth time I was an ENFJ. <laughs> and what I realized was it was accurate with regard to how I was currently operating. Because, for instance, when I was in law school, I was much more TJ. Mm-hmm. When I was an ombudsman, I was much more oh, that's FP. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you can see that the emphasis in the competency develop can, development can shift depending on what you're emphasizing at any particular time. Right. But it's important to know what's natural so that you make the best use of your strengths. Yeah. And I know um, these days with the step two of the Myers-Briggs, some hopefully it would delineate that a little bit so that there would be a little less discrepancy as if mm-hmm. people take it over and over. Yeah, I think the only danger is that sometimes somebody will take that test and they'll get an answer and they think that's it, and they go away and don't yeah. get the rest of the information. And, it, and I think just like it says, what's your preference, if you answer that way, just like when I took the BTSA last night, mm-hmm. um, you know, how would you be in these normal situations? Some of the questions were challenging, you know, of, of what's what's most like you, what's the next like you, and then what's sure. not like you at all, and what's, sure. you know, the next not like you. So some of the questions, um, none of them were like me, but you still had to pick most yes. at least. And then, you know, others only one was like me, and you still had to pick it. So. Right, right. Or there was many like me, so... So if you're, you know, if you're living true to type, as I say, this this assessment would not. Um, I think it's always valuable, but it wouldn't be as valuable as it would be to someone who needs to know that they are not um, aligned uh. naturally. And it's also quite valuable. I find it very valuable in my leadership development work because it gives a um, it gives a sense of not only where your strength is, but when you look at what you have developed so far. Let's say you are looking for leadership development. You can look at your assessment and say, okay, what area do, you know, would be the next natural area for me to develop and what kind of an assignment would be appropriate to develop those skills? Oh, that's great. So you had said for me, and I think it sounds like you're similar, was it, is, was it a double right? Yes. And a double right means frontal and basal. You have... Um, you have very very strong development in the frontal right and the basal right, mm-hmm. but your frontal right appears to be your natural lead. Okay. Yep. And then the frontal right, um, so you, you, see, you said some of that. I'm just reading from what's in the uh, handout. Mm-hmm. Imaginative, metaphoric, visioning, creative, risk-taking, spatial. Right. And right. also inventing and experimenting. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, obviously a very strong people connector. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And in Myers-Briggs, which is very similar to this, is that I'm a, an NF. And, and I think the Myers-Briggs doesn't fit for everybody if you're not true to type, if real true, but I'm pretty clear on that. So. Well, the F would correspond to the basal right, and the N would be the frontal right. Yeah. So, so that makes sense. Right. And so that's why you said it's a double, double right. Now, did you come out extroverted on the Myers-Briggs? Yes. 
Okay. Because that's another that's another thing we can talk about after the break. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go to go to our, our break. This is leadership development news, and we're talking with Jen Newcomb. We're talking about one of the the very interesting assessments uh, that she uses the uh, BTSA, and we'll be right back. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Companies Healthy People to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with uh, Jan Newcomb, executive coach from uh, Orange County, also on the faculty at the uh, Hudson Institute. And uh, so, Jan, before the break, we're talking about the BTSA, and you were saying there's some more um, comparisons with the Mars Briggs that would be good, and then we can, we can zero in on some more areas. Okay. I think the one thing, the one final point that I think is important to make is um, that the Bensinger instrument shows your level of introversion or extroversion, and it looks at it as if it's a continuum, Mm -hmm. whereas with the Myers-Briggs, you tend to get an answer that says you're either extroverted or you're introverted, and what's really true is that we're all somewhere on that continuum. The largest part of the population is in the more, uh, the middle of the bell curve, if you will, and a bit more balanced, and then the farther you get out on the extroversion side, um, you tend to find people that are, say, possibly in sales and things that, you know, where you really need that extroversion all the time. And then the far end of the introversion um, continuum, you would probably find somebody that would be um, locked up in a think tank somewhere a lot of the time. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, but there's a lot of range, and I'm not sure just a, a introversion or extroversion answer, yes or no, right. black or white, is really as useful. And I know that now with this uh, step two in the Myers Briggs, you can get the scores. And so one of the more fascinating things is that when I do that is have people line up on the continuum, just like you're saying. What oh, num- good. Okay. What number? But it is just like you're saying. It's so interesting to hear what the introverts are going on for them, someone who's really clear versus someone who's really clear extrovert. Mm-hmm. Just the appreciation of those different uh, talents they have is very sure. always interesting. Sure. Because the uh, <laughs> this is one of the things I find sometimes with, uh, actually with my business partner who's not as extroverted as I am, I tend to process externally, and when I'm thinking through a problem, I have to talk it out right. to sort of hear myself and understand what I'm thinking, and then I come to my own conclusion. Uh-huh. She goes inside, right? and I, I don't know what's going on when she's inside. <laughs> <laughs> she knows. Right. <laughs> Well, that's what so, I think. I, but if you if you understand that about people, then you yes. can bridge that gap. Well, I think on both sides, the leader who's thinking needs to somehow, when they got the answer, say it. Mm-hmm. And then I think I also I caution leaders who are constantly extroverting that everybody's thinking everything they're they're saying out loud is is a decision. Oh, I know that's for sure, and it's not the case. It's just where they are in their thought process. <laughs> exactly. So I know, especially in places that are hierarchical, I dealt with some medical uh, doctors uh, who I had to say, you know, everything that you're saying, they're, take, they're taking, you're thinking out loud as a direction. Mm-hmm. And, and they go, oh, well, I better, I better. Because medical, if it's a, if it's a truly uh, frontal left medical doctor, right. and they're not as extroverted, yes. they don't talk until they have the answer. Right. So if you're talking, they think that's your answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Well, so um, tell me a little bit, maybe first, how how would you use this in coaching? And then if you uh, knew my scores, the second part would be maybe, you know, what kind of things would you tell me to okay. be doing or not doing? But so how do you how do you normally bring it into into your coaching work? Well, I use it as a part of my intake process with every coaching client that I have. And okay. it saves an awful lot of time in terms of being able to get right to the work that we need to do rather than having to spend you know, a number of sessions getting to know the client and figuring it out on my own. I see. So that's helpful. Um, it, it helps 
me understand if I will be the best coach for them, given the requirements of the engagement. Uh-huh. Um, and it helps the client understand their strengths and weaknesses and areas for potential development, including, you know, how best to manage their own energy. Right. So, um, and it also helps to understand whether someone is really suited to a leadership role, um, and I'm talking about that in terms of organizational leadership. Obviously, there are many kinds of leaders, but mm-hmm. I think today we're talking about um, organizational leaders. And um, so it it helps them see if they're really suited to that, uh, and if so, what kind of leadership, and if not, you know, what might be a better fit. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so you'll have them do it before you even see them as part of their intake process. Very often, very often. Oh, I can see that would be a wealth of a wealth of information. It's a great place to start the conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, if uh, given that this is just a brief overview, but I got my printout, and I guess it's twenty-seven pages. It mm-hmm. looks pretty extensive. A lot of bar graphs that look at the difference between you know, basal, frontal, uh, right, and left. And so you really can kind of zero in. And then there's a whole place in the back that kind of talks about the strengths of each one. So if, if I came in and you had said I'm a uh, a double right, mm-hmm. maybe just kind of, you know, say what that is and then what would what would be kind of the things you'd focus with me. And then let's say I'm someone who says, oh, yeah, I got that stuff wired. I, I'm good with people. Uh, I'm a strategic thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I need to do? Well, it depends. I mean, it depends on why you're looking for a coach. Are you looking for a coach because you want to do something else? Are you looking for a coach because you want to improve something, um, you know, some develop some new competency? I mean, yeah. that would be the first thing I would ask you is what really do you see as the purpose of the engagement? Okay. Well, let me uh, and I'll go with that. So let's say I'm, I feel good when I'm in front of people and, and when I'm coaching, whether it's one-on-one or I'm doing group coaching or training. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the times, and I think you use this word in there. I'm in flow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, why don't you go ahead and describe flow? And then the other thing I thought was interesting about it is just that the energy that I would have when I'm in in my preferred state. Yes. Yes. In fact, uh, and I, I'm not ever sure I pronounce his name correctly, but oh, yeah. Cheetan Mihaly, is it? Cheetan uh, Mikhail Cheetan Mihaly, something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And he's the flow expert. Right. Um, but it really, flow really does relate to the Bensinger thinking style assessment as well, because what happens is when when people are in the state of flow, they are aligned with their natural preference. And it, it is so effortless, and you, you just become kind of in the zone when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So what you will find probably is, for instance, this radio show. You probably love doing this radio show. Mm-hmm. I do. Somebody that's highly introverted might really be worn out at the end, but you probably are all energized and excited and thinking, wow, that was great. I wonder who the next person is I'm going to be interviewing. Uh-huh. So but. it's it's actually energizing to your system. So you're doing absolutely the right thing. Okay, good, good. Um, and that's true. I mean, often I'm just kind of jazzed and I'm ready to say, all right, mm-hmm. I'm, I've, kind of, I've accomplished what I need to accomplish for the day by just doing a couple of these uh, interviews. And one, mm-hmm. it's stimulating for the information, mm-hmm. but then it's also, um, you know, just it's a good conversation because in the moment one thing 
stimulate something else. Well, and that's another important thing to think about is that, you know, that what your mom always told you is do all the bad stuff you hate first so that you can then go out and play? Yeah. Well, we actually say the opposite is true. If you get up and you do something, very first thing, that is energizing for your preference, it will make the rest of your day go better. Okay. Well, I saw something that's along with this around the energy that you would use one hundredth amount of the en- uh, the energy needed. You know that one piece of um, uh, and then that is an assertion, and I I'm not positive at this point whether a lot of the new um, functional MRIs are are actually showing that, but they are getting to the point where they can start to measure those kinds of things. Okay. So we do know that it does take a lot of extra energy, whether, you know, that's the exact number or not, I'm not sure. Okay. So in here it says, and then we'll get to what would be the kind of the area that I focus on, I just am using a lot less energy when I'm in this flow, the double right. Right. But then it says in the report that I would use a lot more energy when I'm in these underdeveloped. So let's say for me, if it was kind of procedural things, I wanted some help um, just doing the paperwork, you know, for me, all the things that are just seem uh, boring mm-hmm. and, and take a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Hire somebody. <laughs> In okay. fact, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a cute story. My housekeeper, uh, you know, given the current economy, was saying, you know, Jan, if you, if you need to let me go, just please give me lots of advance notice. And I said, you know, I said you are one of the last things I would let go. <laughs> I would get another job before I let you go, <laughs> because that is that is a very repetitive. Yeah skill that I, it, it drives me crazy to have to do that. I'd rather go out and do more frontal right things and yeah. make more money and pay her. Then everybody's happy because she likes doing it. Yeah. Well, that's exactly, you know, my situation. I'd rather create something, write something, research something, mm-hmm. work with another group, than kind of go through and file away all my, you know, uh, paperwork or, or bills or whatever else. And that's probably the important point for leaders in organizations is that all of these four thinking styles are necessary in order to have an effective organization. So you need to get the right people in the right place doing what they're really good at doing, and your company will take off. Well, I can see how then you would use this for really – uh, you know, the whole strengths movement that we're familiar with in, mm-hmm. in the BTSA sounds like it zeroes in right on what what are your strengths and stay Absolutely. with that, and then how do you delegate some of these other aspects. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. that's right. All right, well, we're coming to the end, and so I think for you and I, we're probably both in flow. That's why this this 55 minutes felt like it was maybe 25 minutes. Oh, sure. Um, we can talk all day. So, Jan, tell us before we end here, if people want to get back in in touch with you, get some more information, they're interested in the BTSA, uh, how do they get in touch with you? My website is www.focusedcoach.com. Oh, that's great. And all the information is there. They can read quite a bit about the BTSA before they contact me. Okay. Well, thank you very much. It's nice to kind of be in flow with you, and hopefully (laughs) we'll... uh, proceed with the rest of having a good day because of this. So Thank you, really. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. This is Leadership Development News signing off for now and tune in again next week. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.